Hello! And welcome to... Two! Filthy! Nerds! Because we're filthy! And we're nerds! And there's two one, of us. two of us. Yep. We're here. We did it. We survived yet By another By the way, day. that wind just blew your fart into me. I'm so sorry. Let me turn no, this No, 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 no. It's okay. Keep it, keep it oscillating. It's great. Every time you fart, I want it... No, I want it to blow I want it at you spitting directly. Time. Thank you so much. Now I'm just... It was on oscillate. Now it's just... I mean, if I would have known this, I wouldn't have farted before we started recording. I would have just farted on camera. If, you, uh, if well, I knew... It was an anticlimactic fart. That was, it was a silent one. That's what you think. The climax comes very slowly. Yeah. And very horrifically. Yeah. The silent ones are always, as they say, the deadliest. She uh, she did a tilt. I love I love when people tilt to fart. Those are those are true farters. I, people who tilt to fart, those people appreciate a good fart. I don't like it when people fart and they just sit there and like muffle it. No no no, let it breathe. Also, that you think you can muffle it is hilarious. Yeah. That it's like yeah, I'm tilting in hopes of spreading my cheeks enough that it'll just out, get it like all out. Who's been railed in the butt a whole, th- a whole uh, bunch. Really, I'm surprised your farts ever make noise. Now that I've said that. Yeah no, they just come out like. <gasps> Like just a <laughs> breath of hot air, just a. Ah. <gasps> uh. Anyhow, today <laughs> we're running our filthy mouths about something. No, 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 no. Let me preface this really quick. I walked in. We. This is our little podcast studio. I walked in. It is Jessica Michelle's birthday coming up at the end of the week, but she decided to give me some presents. That for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, I'm doing air quotes presents. Um, she gave me. Hold on. A pile of self-help books. Hey, because they don't have to just be self-help. They can also be friend help. Or just an insult. I need to lighten up my very small bookshelf. So I thought, who better to give these books to than a person who openly said that they go to me as a source of wisdom? Yes. So she's taking this job very seriously now. This is what you get for saying that. Okay. I'm using it against you. We just want to go off about self-help books because this fucking industry... Oh, is going to make everybody crazy before it helps anybody. Self-help back books don't work. If they did, there would only be one self-help yeah, book. Exactly. I don't know why there's 8 million of them. And I love how there's like different sections within self-help. There's love yourself the way you are. There's, uh, you know, a hundred ways to change yourself. And then the third section is now you're just crazy and bipolar. Like yeah. it just makes you fucking nuts. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, they feed off of, because in theory, they're helpful. Okay, here, here, here are the things. But they feed off of people wanting to be better. To, wanting to be happy. And most people are never happy all the time or are constantly wanting to be better. And also, if you're someone who's chronically depressed and you're like, if I just get through one more of these books, I'll have the answer. Yes, they feed at our endless search for happiness. And it, they prey on our fears. Because our fears is that we're not enough. Yeah. And let me just go through some of these book titles, okay? You Can Heal Your Life. Thank you, so, Lisa Sunstep, for passing that on to me. Actually, I so think I have to give it back to her. So Louisa L. Hay. Don't ruin it, L. Hay. Don't uh, ruin it any It's like I, I'm going to come all over these pages. Um, Louise L. Hay is a known self-help person. So you can heal your life. So what she's saying is your life needs healing. Your life's not good. Whatever way your life is, you know, let's fix it. Yeah. Why? Like that book title also, but it's like. So someone who's just depressed goes to the self-help section looking for something to help them not be so depressed. And they see a book that's like, you know what? 
You should heal your entire fucking life. That's the problem. Not just, you know, that you're depressed and sad and you don't know what's going on. Your whole fucking life needs healing. If I could interject really quickly. Yes. Um, if you're feeling depressed, I don't think going to the bookstore is the way to handle it. Unless books are your happy place. And then I would maybe stay out of the self-help I section. would just go to a drug dealer and get mushrooms. I once downloaded an audiobook of a self-help book called The Self-Love Project. And I listen to my audiobooks at two times the speed. Because mm -hmm. that's how my brain likes to Yes, I, that's like, I like doing that too. And I was listening to it and I was like, this is great. I'm motivated. This woman was just so high energy and she's like, you can do it. Here's how it helped me. And then I changed it to regular. What? Regular. And, and this was like more than halfway through the book. And I was like, just out of curiosity, I realized, oh, I don't know what she actually sounds like. Because I started following her on Instagram. I turned it to regular and I was like, have I been getting self-love advice from a woman who is on barbiturates? And I think... <laughs> And I think had a piece of candy in her mouth while she was recording. Oh, just a, just a butterscotch Just like a butterscotch disc. corner mouth. Yeah, just yeah. like... Uh, and I was like, this is, wait, you're like, this is you're who like, I've been getting advice from. You're like, from. Nicole's dead grandma is giving me advice? Yeah. Oh, have you read that book, Girl, Wash Your Face? No. That woman is insufferable. But you know what? Beyonce once said, uh, if she were going to give girls any advice, it's wash your face before you go to bed. So... Uh, I don't know why there's a whole book on it when Beyonce just quoted it once and it, that was it. And I was sold. This was written by a woman whose relationship situation, the first guy she dated, she ended up marrying and he was a very successful like Disney exec. Mm -hmm. And she's in there like, if you haven't found the right one, it's like, fuck you. Fuck also, you, bitch. I, I read recently that this woman, I would, I'm not, not trying to say her name. I just don't fucking remember who it is. Rachel something. Her and her husband were doing these like, happy relationship strengthen your marriage mm -hmm. seminars that uh -huh. thousands and thousands of people are coming to and by the way to come it was like over a thousand dollars uh-huh please tell me they got divorced they're getting divorced yes yes you fraudulent fuck you fucking assholes so just think of that woman next time you you know get head over heels for a a self-help person. Self-help anything. We don't um, need to go through every no 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 I just I just books. want to read one of the chapter headings it's uh how to change just so I could emphasize what I said earlier. Next book, Quantum Healing, Exploring the Frontiers of Mind-Body Medicine. It's Deepak Chopra. It's very good. It teaches you about changing the patterns in your, in your ooh, brain. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, teachings on love. Thich Nhat Hanh. That's not a self-help book. That's more of a... That's a little if you can barely pronounce their name, they know what they're talking about. I think that's true. I think trust the people with foreign names. Don't yes. get a, a self-help book from a man named Americans John Smith. don't know about happiness. People in Southeast Asia know about happiness. Uh, never eat alone. Never eat alone. Actually, that one you don't need. You can yeah. afford oh. to eat by yourself. For God's sake, leave me alone. Quit dragging me to I want to eat alone, too. I love dragging her to Thai I will food. say it's... Uh, Keith Ferrazzi, which... Now, is that a diet book or a self-help book? I honestly don't know. Another comedian who stayed in my room years ago, we did a room swap, Kate mm -hmm. Willett, left it and said I could have it. And I don't know if it's self-help, like it's a suggestion. <laughs> but she said it's great. Oh. She's like, use that. I've, I've never eaten alone since. Wow, it has highlighting in it. And By a the color. way, who's, who's sitting at home like, oh, all I do is eat alone. Uh... Next book up, How to Be Depressed, A Guide. Hey, this one is like a this one is like an Urban Outfitters style coffee table book. Um, lots of like cute print. This is actually this is actually a satire. This is written by a very funny comedian, oh, Dana satire. Eagle. Oh. Uh, so that one I just it's a joke. Uh, do you have your shrink on speed dial? Back of the book. Do you have poetry? Uh, does your poetry have tear stains on it? 
I can't read. When people say they're happy, do you think they just have low standards? Yes, yeah. I do. I knew you would like that book. For sure have low standards. Um, uh, that book I'm going to save for last. Next one. Uh, in the meantime, Finding Yourself and the Love You Want. By Avanki Bamblamla. You say yeah, you know it's good. foreign name. Uh, the Artist's Way. I don't know if you're uh, trying to help me or telling me I'm a bad comedian. No, oh, and, I'm just saying you could be a little more creative. And she also gave me the workbook work for it. Uh, so she's welcome. like, do the goddamn work, bitch. Um, oh, uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life. Hey, this is by Aubrey Marcus, and it's signed. Is that a fitness book? No, I she mean... She looks so fit. That's she a, should not have put herself oh, looking fit on... Oh, it's a man looking fit no, on the cover. No, there is on the back. Oh. Um, it's about being fit, but it's also about self-care. Having a fit up. mind. And that one I thought maybe you just for it to brush out. And then Judaism for dummies. She's okay. like, you're a bad Jew, says the half Jew. Oh, and the final one, she's like, this one's really important. Okay, you guys. It's called Attached, the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love. If you've listened to any pre prior episode, especially recently, I don't think anyone would disagree that that's a good book for you. Okay. Well, attachment styles are a big deal. And I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I think more people could afford to learn about, but I don't know. I have a mixed relationship with the self-help industry. You have read more self. Actually, no. Dana Moon has Dana probably Moon, read. Our friend Dana Moon has, has read. read the most self-help books of anyone I've ever met. Um, and Dana, honestly, you I guys think, heard her I, on I my other podcast. I think she's still on first base yeah, as far as self-help goes. She's clinging for her sanity too, like the rest of us. Yeah, she is white knuckling it through a day. I blessed to hear her, by the way, on a recent interview talking about being single in quarantine, and that's where we both were losing our shit. But yeah, no, it's that's the thing is that you can get addicted to trying to self-help. You know yeah. what I mean? And like they cash in on that. There's people who make authors of these books they're gods. Yeah, you know Tony fucking what's his name? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is a god. Have you heard about um, Landmark Forum? No, it's like this? it's like a self help, like uh, not a self help. It's like a, a self empowerment seminar. I don't know what it is. So many people I know who've gone to it have been like, "You'll really benefit from this. It's really great." I'm like, "Well, what do they do there?" They're like, "It just helps you be better." I'm like, "Could you tell me more?" Because it's a couple thousand dollars to do it. I'm like, "I'm it not." It sounds like a cult. It does sound yeah, like I'm a cult. I'm not paying something that I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm not paying $10 for pitch, something. Pitch it to me. Seriously. You I, can't just tell me it's going to help me in life and that's going to be enough. I had a friend who in the past. <laughs> I had a, a person. I had to think about it because we're not friends anymore. Not because of the situation, but it was a telling red flag. Okay. Who once, as a gift to all of her friends, bought tickets for us to go and save this date, tickets to go to this man who tells women how to how to get a partner? And he's I love like it. very popular. Guidance. Oh, this is how uh, to be better. Oh, how you can find your love. And literally everyone's like, I can't make it. And one friend had the courage to go, this is a little insulting. Yeah. Very insulting. And that and she's like, why? And it's like, yeah, just because I'm single doesn't mean I'm fucking like, well, how do I meet someone? That's one of the things that annoys me. What also the audacity of a man. It's like, oh, well, what is your opinion of how a woman should be to attract yeah, yeah. a mate? Fuck you. He's like, you need to change the way you dress. Stop you need to change the way slob. you speak. Yeah. Don't be too much. Oh, I love, I love when guys are like, <clears throat> you're too much. Oh, I'm too much. Oh, sorry. I, I have standards and I want things. Oh, that yeah. makes me too much. I said something about that on, on Twitter recently. And so many guys wrote back. They're like, have fun being a cat lady. Like, 
I would rather die in a pile of cats yeah. than have to suffocate who I am for the comfort of a fucking oaf of a man who's yeah. probably going to let me down anyway. Or physically suffocate you. Yeah. It's always the fucking grossest people who are like, mm, you should yeah, yeah, be yeah. better. It's guys who have fucking uh, the av- is avatar? Avatars. They have avatars not of their faces because they would never do anything personally. Or like a weird comic yeah. book character. Mm-hmm. And it's like... No one cares By the way, unless your if you're if you're anonymous on Twitter, like you don't have a picture, you don't have a name, you don't have a website, you don't have a bio, something, and you're just shooting insults, you're a coward. You're a coward. You're just a fucking coward. Also, like have the off. balls to be insulting and own who you are. Yeah, it's also just what are you doing? That can't be fun. What's the most the worst part about internet trolls is imagining this person sitting there. Getting in an argument with like a real person while they're an egg, or just mm-hmm. even if they're not an egg, and just be like, "Oh man, I'm so funny," and it's like, "No." Well, I wish I had that fucking person's confidence. Ugh. That is a level of confidence that is just astounding to me. There are so many trolls who just honestly think they have all the answers. Oh, it's so really unbearable. and truly like their confidence on Twitter is wild. Yeah. I love by the way that just everyone's an expert. Everyone's like, an expert. fuck you. Unless you are a registered expert of the one subject we're talking about. And even then there's no such thing as a fucking expert. Yeah. There's someone who knows a lot more than other people. Cause they put all of their time into that one thing. Yeah. Also registered expert. Unless you have a fucking PhD in a topic and you have over 10,000 hours clocked on that topic. And that's what I meant by registered yeah, 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 yeah. expert because I don't know what the I, fuck I wanted, I want I mean, I just like, I want to emphasize exactly what a registered expert means to me. Unless you're those things, which you're probably not because if you were, you wouldn't be on Twitter fucking harassing people. You wouldn't have time to because you'd be out there learning and being more of an expert in yeah. your field. So. Experts aren't on Twitter trolling people. So just shut the fuck up. I love how we went shut from self-help the fuck up. books yeah. to we're now screaming about trolls. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to trolls. Listen, this is our form of self-help. We're helping the trolls. If you have troll tendencies, yeah, should we write a self-help book for trolls? Maybe. I. This is what I was going to say, is that I have mixed emotions about self-help books because half the time it's like, come on, this is fucking stupid. But then I read one and I'm like, oh, wow. That's good. That's a po- that's a good point. But don't you feel like you're they're reiterating things you already know you in are, your head? Yeah, no, I think a lot of them, yes, that's what I was gonna say, are comfort blankets for you to go, oh, well, I already had that thought. I guess I'm on the right path. Oh. So you think it's just something to like kind of reinforce that you're okay. Not all of them. But I think a lot of what many of them do, especially if you're someone who gets in the habit of reading multiple self-help books. They have to be repetitive. Yeah. So at a certain point, you're just going, I thought that, and now this book that is allegedly from the uh, someone who knows their shit is validating this thing uh, I already So thought. it's like positive reinforcement. Yeah, which isn't necessarily bad. I have, for a long time, been considering, should I write a self-help book, but aimed at people who think self-help books are pieces of shit? Like, Yeah, you should write that. <sighs> I remember when I read... Um, uh, you are a badass. I can't remember. You're a badass. There's so, you are a badass. You're a badass at making money. There's a whole. She's yeah. got a whole franchise. If you yeah. hit it right, you can yeah. start covering all the bases. Yeah, she covered all the motherfucking bases. But I remember I listened to her book on tape, and I also had the physical copy, because I like to 
read self-help if I read a self-help book without the the person who wrote it narrating it yeah then I just read it in my own sarcastic voice yeah I'll be like I'll be like oh oh yeah you just don't let the people in your life judge you that's, that's not your that's voice. the voice oh back up whose voice is that where does that voice come from uh, whose voice was that because that is what a therapist will tell you is that that voice it's criticizing you not your voice it's someone from your childhood and that's how you view the world anyway but i'm reading it you. in a warped voice i'm reading it yeah, in a not, voice that's not, not accepting what the words yeah, say you're reading it in the judgmental voice that you're trying to get rid of which is the reason you fucking got a self-help book to begin with so if i do the book on tape and i also have the words there in front of me because i i'm a visual learner if I have it like that, then I'm hearing it in the author's sincere voice where they, you know, they're fully getting behind what they, they're they saying because it. they wrote it. Yeah. It just reinforced. That's, that's the way I think self-help books should be consumed. Yeah. And well, because there's always, there always ends up being something in there where, you know, some sort of assignment. Yeah. Otherwise I would do just auditory. Yeah. But that's why with attached. Yeah. yeah. The reason I even have that book is because I listened to it and I was scribbling on paper and I was like, you know what? This is so good. I may want to come back to it. I may, I may want to. So share you got it with the someone. book. So I bought the book, oh. thinking I may end up just sharing it with someone who I thought was interested. And you did. in the concept. I mean, you brought. We brought up. I don't know if we did it on the podcast. It may have just been in the live reads. Which, by the way, if you want to take part in our live reads, Patreon.com/slash Two Filthy Nerds. We've been doing a ton this week for the birthday week. And uh, and we and then we do live viewings of uh, the, the movies, movies at the end of each book. It's super fun. Lots of fun. It's so much fun. Um, you, we started talking about love languages and you have this concept called fight languages yeah. and I, it's not even close to the same thing, but attachment styles, I kind of think I was very interested when I learned about love languages that spoke to me and I was like, it, it really opened my eyes to a lot of, yeah. like, that was a huge thing. If you guys aren't familiar with the five love languages, look into it because it can really teach you how better to communicate and how to live with yeah. people you love and how. And also accepting people the way they are because you might, the way you love might not be the way someone else loves and that's okay. Yeah. But you it's just like you need to learn, understand it. Learn what, what they're expressing or what makes them feel loved, et cetera, et cetera. So having heard you speak on that, yeah. I thought, you know what she may really enjoy learning about is attachment styles. Okay, well, I'm going to crack into this, and then maybe we'll circle back and have a, a review of it at some point, and I'll tell you what I've learned, and I'll tell you what my attachment style is. Am I going to find that out in there, what my attachment yeah, style is? Yeah, you are. Okay. And also, if it's mine, you're going to be infuriated. Um, really? But It will probably be yours. nor there. Because we are... I go, this is... Because it is one of those things where, like, that cracks open the beginning of then going all right, now I know this, where do I go from here? Yeah. But, you know, a book can only have so many pages. Yeah. So, anyway, what should I call my self-help book? Right now I'm thinking self-help for people that think self-help is for pussies. Um, How about help self? Help your damn self. Helpself.com. Help Just self. put the URL in the book title. Betterhelp.com slash JMS. Yes. Um, Just a really terrible name for a book. Help! <laughs> um. All right. Anything else? Anything you want to add about the self-help industry? Um, what are your thoughts? It's just, Do you, you have know, a favorite book, by the way? Uh, you Are a Badass, I think. That was that was the first self-help book I've ever read where I'm like, it's not, she also kind of like makes fun of the woo-woo-y self-help books. It's woo-woo-y, but not in a, a, a super like out there woo-woo-y way. It's very practical. And it's also, 
she was able to pull from her life and say, this is where I was before I developed this philosophy. And this is where I am now. And it just felt very actionable. Yeah. It wasn't like I was down in the dumps. I was living in the street. And it's just like, she's like, I wasn't living my life to the fullest. And and now I am. And it was just, it just seemed like a practical leap. Like I'm not looking to completely evolve into another creature, you know, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, she gives you actionable things that you can implement into your life where it felt like, okay, this is realistic. This much, this much I can do. Okay. And did you do any of it? Yes. I think, I think one of the big things I took away from it is there will be people in your life when you start to, um, break through and do better and be better. will try to pull you back down because they're not comfortable with you being better. Yeah. They They need you to be not. They they like the small version of you. Yeah. And, and that for me was like, I was able to be like, oh, okay. There are people like that in my life. Identify who they are. Not necessarily like get rid of them, but just identify who they are and be like, okay, you know what? Your opinion doesn't matter as much to me anymore. Yeah. And I mean, no one's opinion should really matter to you Yeah, other than your own. But like, I mean, like I said, I'm not about to make a fucking miracle of a change. I'm still (laughs) going to fucking care about people's opinions. I'm a fucking, I'm codependent and in a 12 step program for it. Have you read codependent no more? (laughs) Yes, I have. I took the book from my roommate, Um, (laughs) Cody. Thanks, Cody Heller. Cody Pendant. Cody, if you're wondering where your book is, I still have it. Um, I'm reading it, you know, very slowly. One page, one page a month. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> she wanted to go to a codependent program, but she... Didn't have anyone to go with. So. There you go. Um, we are thinking about starting The Artist Way. I yeah. you. So uh, anyone, let's do The Artist Way. If it, anyone's it, genuinely interested in getting a group together. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, um, I've already done it two times. Well, one and a half times. Um, but I'm I, willing to start it again and go full throttle. Anyway, I guess that's it. I guess we can yeah. get into the episode. Yeah. Let's get into the episode. Let's Harry Potter it up. All right. Look forward to our self-help episodes. Find us on Patreon. Uh, and now, time for Potter. Bye. Chapter 29. The dream. Okay. So, shit's getting pretty, s- pretty insane. Pretty crazy. Um, so, this chapter starts off, as all chapters start off, with Harry catching Ron and Hermione up on... The what, drama. Yeah, what just happened? What's going on? So where he tells we left him about off, Crouch disappearing and Victor getting knocked the fuck out. Yeah, um, and so he's basically just like, it's crazy. Voldemort's definitely getting stronger. He, of course, has to write a letter to Sirius and let him know what's going on. And so they go to the Owlery. Obviously. And then they overhear while they're up there, uh, coming up the stairs, Fred and George talking about blackmailing someone. And they're like, what is going on? Because it's like, Fred and George... They're definite troublemakers, but like, would they be doing something super illegal that like blackmail would be a thing? Like, you know, I don't think anybody would put it past them, but it's like, that's kind of worrisome. Yeah. Cause it's like, until now they've seemed like harmless pranksters. Yeah. And then hearing them talk about blackmail, but knowing they're also pranksters. So they're willing to break rules. But yeah. I was like, well, rules haven't stopped them in the past, Yeah, but it could be something heavily illegal. Hermione's like, maybe you should tell Percy, which is the fucking stupidest yeah, thing Yeah. Don't tell, heard. don't tell Percy. But Percy is such a narc. Yeah. Like Percy, honestly, I do think Percy is like crouch level of sell your family down the river. You think so? Yeah, I do. Oh God. I hope I just I hope not. Uh well you know what's coming. <laughs> so uh yeah, I hope not, but I do feel like that's probably the case. Yeah, and they run in they come in the gallery and there's this very like, what are you doing here? What are you doing uh, here? What are you doing? Yeah, everybody's they're cartoonishly like, like saying the same thing at the same time. Uh-huh. And Fred and George are not gonna tell Ron anything. Uh-huh. Um so it's just this fucking... They part ways. Yeah. They run into Moody. Yeah. Who uh, tells... There's no, in, there's no sign of Crouch. 
Yeah, and he's also and, like... And, and, I mean, and of course, Moody, his number one suggestion... Constant vigilance. Now, for those of you listening, head over to our YouTube because Jessica Michelle really, really hammed it up for this one. I um, have... We have fashioned Mad Eye Moody glasses. Yeah, we have Mad Eye Moody glasses. And I even didn't wash my hair for weeks to prepare for this role. She really <laughs> is a method actor. Okay. I, a meth head actor. She actually wanted to pop her eye out of its socket for they this one. They had to restrain me. I was going to. She goes hard. She goes hard. So, constant vigilance. He's like, you, Ron, Hermione, fucking look out for Harry. Yeah, it's, look out it's for important. Your boy, you know? Uh, and then, of course, they get a letter back from Sirius. Sirius emphasizes the same thing. Like, be careful. You didn't. You didn't get into. You didn't get into the Triwizard Tournament because for coincidence. You know. Yeah. So he's like, you know, if they're trying to nab you during this tournament, the third yeah. task is going to be the last one. So just we don't know who it is. Yeah. Just fucking keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Stay and, alert. and he's like, oh, and by the way, practice like hexes and charms. Like learn all those things. Yeah, because you're probably going to need them to get through the maze. Through the maze, the, shit's going to happen. God forbid. Yeah. Uh, through anything else. So Harry heads off, learns those things, and then uh, heads to divination class. Yeah, and he's, it's hot. It's up in the attic, so fucking we all know he and rises. And it's divination class. So it's exhausting. Harry fucking dozes off. Well, and, oh, I mean, it doesn't help that there's fucking probably like the smell of essential oils. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. I would oh, doze God, I would eucalyptus? Be able, I would oh, my God. Oh, for sure. Just a little Nag Champa, sage, and eucalyptus out like a charm. Yeah, he even like cracked the window open a little to try to like get some air. Yeah. But he fucking conks out. Then he starts having a vivid dream like he did at the beginning of the book. Uh-huh. He's... Uh, an owl is like soaring into this abandoned house mm -hmm. where he sees uh, Voldemort. I mean, he doesn't see Voldemort. He has visions of Voldemort plotting with Wormtail. Yeah, and he puts the Cruciatus curse on Wormtail. And for By a the way, blunder, but then the owl has. If he's never really seen what Voldemort looks like, how does he know it's even Voldemort? I mean,. Whatever. I think he's making assumptions. That just assumptions. seems like a hole, but whatever, yeah. But he never really sees. He's always, like, in a chair and stuff. Yeah. He's always, like, it's his back. Um, and, of course, he wakes up, and his scar is, like, fucking on fuego. Yeah, so he's, like, screaming. He's on the ground in divination. And, of course, Trelawney's like, what happened? Was it a vision? Tell us. Oh. <laughs> Trelawney is like, was it a vision of death? Yeah. I, I've, I've been right. I mean, she was fucking stoked. And honestly, I know that everyone hates Trelawney from the student perspective and from this bullshit of, you know, constantly, you know, saying there's going to be death. But if you're a divination teacher, you see that shit happen? Yeah. And he's like yeah, shouting things. Uh -huh. I would be like, wait, well, maybe. Wait, this guy might, I think maybe he can see the. I think it's so funny. What if she this whole time didn't fully believe her, her thing, her craft? And all of a sudden Harry has this and she's like, oh my God. It worked! Oh, this bullshit was right. I knew it! I mean, I didn't know it, but now I know it! I knew I knew it! And Harry's fucking mortified. He doesn't want to tell her anything. He's like, I he, have to go. He, like, runs out embarrassed and frightened, whatever. And then he's like, I need to see Dumbledore. So Which, he, honestly, thank fucking God. How many times has Harry been like, I should tell Dumbledore, but I don't want to bother now him? Now, finally, he's going to go tell Dumbledore. This is this was one of my favorite parts when Harry gets to Dumbledore's door and he has to, like, get the password. Yeah, and he, he does He just it. starts throwing out eight million different phrases. Yeah, and most of them are candy. He gets mad. He kicks the gargoyle, doesn't move, and he's like, limit, shit! But, and then he says... What, chocolate cockroach? cockroach? Yeah, something with a cockroach. Cockroach cluster. Cockroach cluster, and, and it, it opens. And he's, and he's like, like, cockroach cluster? That was it? Yeah, like that was the... Okay. Uh, I was kidding, but that was it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he goes up, and as, uh, if you guys recall, when you get into Dumbledore's entrance to his office, you get on a stone staircase, and it, like, moves you up to the door to his office. And he gets outside the door to his office. And he hears Moody uh, and Cornelius Fudge and Dumbledore all talking. And they're talking about... Dumbledore's like, I think um, Voldemort's gaining power. I think he's coming back. He's going to rise again. And Fudge is like, no fucking way. He thinks all this that's going on is Madame Maxine or something. Yeah, he thinks that it's like, oh, all of this must be... Yeah, he's trying to blame Madame Maxine. Yeah. Obviously, like, he's racist yeah what's going on because he thinks you know she he knows she's half giant yeah oh that's something a vicious giant would do it happened near her carriage but it's like she was yeah uh, it's just him i think being in denial and i don't know if it's out of personal fear or out of like this is the thing the ministry is gonna have to address yeah and that's a whole fucking thing yeah i could lose my job if i fuck this up or or it's just a stressful thing to have to handle i mean it's the way probably so many governments were dealing with coronavirus yeah. it's like oh shit's hitting the fan now time to put my fucking money where my mouth is when i said i wanted to lead a country well also uh i feel like because of what happened at the quidditch cup and the ministry of magic fucking up badly there it's like i feel like if you shift the blame as far away from the ministry as ma- of magic as possible as possible i think he's just probably paranoid from that whole thing that happened yeah, so basically madame maxime is to cornelius trump what china is i mean cornelius trump cornelius, cornelius trump. fudge <laughs> <laughs> can somebody make a hybrid design of cornelius fudge cornelius fudge is uh cornelius trump Fudge put, like, body. His bowler on yeah. His green bowler. On. Can you put the comb over on Cornelius Trump? Uh, Cornelius Fudge. I'm, we're never going to stop saying Cornelius Trump. Um, boy, we have gotten too deep into this book that we're now bringing it into full real life. Anywho, so Moody is, is like, like you know we what? Should we should wrap- because Harry Potter's standing outside the door and he yeah. wants to talk to you. Yeah, he he like wraps it up and they think that he's trying to get out of it. And he's like, no, it's just like Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. He's Harry, right outside. Harry's here. So uh, Harry's like, yeah, fuck. I even had Moody really does know fucking everything. Um, yeah, and that's where our chapter ends. Right. Chapter thirty. The, the <laughs> pensive, the pensive, the pensiev. Pensiev. Um, by the way, excited. I love how excited you got for this chapter. You're, you think this? You think this chapter is so cool? Um, it. Okay, am I wrong? No, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I love it when we start a chapter and you're like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." I mean, I call it like I see it. When it's gonna be a good chapter, I am fucking. I love a good flashback. I got to be honest. Oh, me too. And I like the way she does does them. Does them. JK does them. I should should write a book about shelf help. And I can't even use the right word. Shelf help? Shelf help. Leave this book on the shelf. You're never going to read it. Your life is never going to get better. When you keep it on the shelf, it's a lot of help. Shelf help. (laughs) That's your book. That's your your self-help book. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about... How I've succeeded by never letting anyone help me. <laughs> Keep it on the shelf. Yeah. Does someone want to help you get better? Take, Don't let them. Take the love you're getting from everyone around you and put it on a shelf. Just store it, it away. Out. You can look at it. Never take it down. Go to the container store. Get some nice receptacles and just store it. Maybe you need to meet a person who would be a perfect partner. Just put them on a shelf for later. Yeah. Uh, and never let them Elf down. on a shelf. Exactly. See? That's... Now you have a symbiotic relationship with an elf. Anywho, so Harry goes into Dumbledore's office, and Dumbledore's like, Harry, just stay right here. I gotta, we gotta go check the ground. So all three of the guys leave, and Harry's sitting there, and he sees this glowing light coming from a closet, and Harry, who just can't help but fucking put his nose in shit, heads over to it, and it's this, like, basin thing. It's like a bowl thing. It's like a bowl basin. There's, like, silvery shit in it. Yeah, there is. And Harry starts poking it. Yeah. 
He does. He starts poking it with his wand. What's going on? Puts his face near it, and then it sucks, sucks him, him in. in. And he's sitting in a courtroom surrounded by all these other witches and wizards. And Dumbledore's there. Yeah, he's sitting next like to Like a me. slightly younger version of Dumbledore. Yeah. Not too crazy young, but, but younger. But noticeably younger. And he realizes no one can, can see him. Can see him. So he he's, to, like, he's get, just observing. He tries to get Dumbledore's attention. And uh, so this is a lot like, if you guys remember, Chamber of Secrets, when he falls into the diary and he's seeing Tom Riddles. Yeah. So he's thinking, I'm in some sort of memory. Yeah. And he's right. He is in some sort of memory. And there, uh, it, in into the courtroom comes... Uh, it's a courtroom. Wait, it's, this is important to... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, never mind. Karkaroff is leading... Karkaroff is a prisoner, and he's being led in by Dementors. Yeah, and of course, so, Harry gets the fucking chilly willies, even though they're not. he's not actually there. The Dementors still give him the chilly willies. Of course. And it's a young Igor Karkaroff, and we see that Mr. Crouch... A, a young Mr. Crouch. A notably younger Mr. Crouch. Is, is the judge. Yeah. By the way, I love how everyone's significantly younger, except for Dumbledore. Dumbledore's only a little bit younger. Dumbledore's just like... Was he? Is he aging at all? I think he's just living... Very, maybe he's like very, very old. Yeah. So like, what is the difference between, you know, 80 and 400? Yeah. A lot. I say that and then I started to say that since and I was like, boy, my grandma real took a turn in like, in a quick two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two years is a lot when you're 500. But um, who knows? So, so anyways. Karkaroff is defending himself and he's like, I used to be with the ministry. I, you know, I, I. No, he's, he didn't used to be with the ministry. I he, wish, he, oh, sorry. I wish, I wish to be of use to the ministry. Sorry. So he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you some names of death eaters. You he's know, he's pulling a full Takashi six, nine. He's like, yeah. I am ready. I am prepared to snitch for my freedom. He's Let me off. I changed my ways. Snatch. I will give you names. So I he starts name- naming names and the ministry's like, we don't, we don't, we don't need any of these. Yeah, these no. are, that person's dead. We already, caught we already that got person. that person. That person's been cleared. Yeah. Um, he, oh, he mentioned Severus Snape and they're like, we already cleared Severus Snape. And he's like, but he was a death eater. And he's like, yeah, but you know, he changed his ways or something. And Dumbledore vouched for him. Yeah. Dumbledore is like, he's no more of a, he's not a death eater. It's, yeah. He's been cleared by the court. So Karkaroff, they drag him back to Azkaban. I don't, Remember, did he ever give them anything that they could use? They said they got a few names. I mean, he rattled off a lot. Yeah, tons of names. He was throwing them all out there. So they're like, all right, we have to decide on our sentencing for you. In the meantime. You're back to Azkaban. Yeah. They're like, like, no, go wait at Azkaban. That's what you fucking do. And he's like, hey, anything. No, because we know Azkaban is fucking terrible. And then all of a sudden, scene changes. He's still in the courtroom, but it's a different time. And in comes Ludo Bagman. Ludo fucking Bagman. Young Ludo Bagman. This is hot Ludo Bagman. Hot Ludo Bagman crushing it on the Quidditch field, crushing puss off the Quidditch field. Yeah, this is like not what we've known of this kind of has been jolly guy. He's like a still jolly. He's he's a he's a charming athlete. He comes in, doesn't. By the way, the chair that they had sat Karkroff in. Uh like magically bound him to the chair. Yeah. His wrists and stuff got yeah. chained to the chair as soon as he sat down. So Bagman doesn't get chained. Just so you know, in a, in, in a court of law, if you don't know this, they won't ever put a convict in chains or anything when they're being convicted or sentenced because you don't want the jury to see them as a victim because you're innocent and proven guilty. So Karkaroff was like, you're guilty, kid, whatever. So that was their way of being like, that's so interesting. But Ludo Bagman, they're like, he oh, waves. He's wonderful. Smile. He's just charming everybody. Of course, Crouch and uh, Moody, who are there as well, are just like not having his bullshit. Yeah. Moody, by the way, has been in every scene leading yeah. up to Dumbledore like, I see right through this. Of course, I'm like, Moody can probably see him in this fucking memory. Well, can Moody, probably see Harry. Uh, no, he doesn't have the eye. 
Moody had oh, bo- both oh, Moody's eyes. normal at the time. So that's which is crazy because like, this is did before- Moody like get a get an eye job and he, like I feel like Moody would have done that to be a better or he's like I'm gonna get the fucking wonky eye Maybe, put in or he lost his eye and came up with the solution. Yeah. But I mean, he's literally people are congratulating him on yeah. his quidditch. Yeah, yeah, match. yeah. The, uh, people in the jury, so really fucking unbiased so, jury. So I mean, it's fucking OJ Simpson of the goddamn fucking wizarding yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. Just in real life, as it is in fiction. Athletes can get away with fame, rape and murder. Fame can just help you be seen. And it, people just fucking love kissing yep. the ass of famous people. Mm-hmm. And Ludo Bagman goes, was I giving information? Yes. Did I know that I was giving information? I thought I was everything I was giving, I was giving to this guy, Rookwood, who I assumed... Was a good guy. Was a good guy. And he turned into being he's a bad like, guy. My only crime is being a little bit of an idiot. Yeah, he's like, my bad. Ugh. And also it's like... He has sort of the defense of like, you, why do you expect me to be smart? I've taken so many bludgers to the head. Yeah. It's, you know, which. It's tr- I mean, yeah. Your brain's probably kind of fucking dumb. But yeah, like CTE doesn't mean Aaron, Aaron Hernandez got off for murder because yeah. he didn't. Uh, it's like, yeah, no, it's, you should still be held accountable. But people are like, uh, he's a good guy. I wonder if CTE is a thing in the wizard world or they just like fix your brain afterwards. I know. I mean, you'd think they'd have a spell for that. So he's released. Crouch is fucking pissed. Speaking of da- Which, brain damage, speaking of brain damage, there's another trial after this. Well, yeah, but I also think it's just to point out, because we know that Winky has said, Mr. Crouch said Ludo Batman's yeah. a bad man. Yeah. Now this is one more thing to go, is he a bad man or is Crouch just... We've all already seen him painted as this yeah. like relentless character who desperately wants to put people away yeah. to look like this strong guy, and this guy got off. So maybe Crouch is just bitter because not only got off, but then started working in the ministry. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. Pissed. He's just yeah. Really pumps it. Pumps the Crouch's nads. And then we go to another court case. And there's four kids. Four yeah. Four people come in. One is a very young kid. He's like pale face, white, looking very scared. Turns out that kid is Crouch's son. We already heard all about this, how Crouch's son, how Got Crouch put, put away. away his own son. So this is the trial. This is the moment. And the kid is just crying and pleading with his He's dad. Like, I didn't do it. Father, I didn't do it. I, I didn't, didn't do it. Do- I'm innocent. I didn't do it. Mother, please tell him I'm I'm not a criminal. And so the, the crime of what she actually was being convicted of he, um, was doing the... Cru- Cruciatus cr- curse on Frank and Alice Longbottom. And Harry leans over to Dumbledore and he's like, or no, this, that happens later. That happens later. Uh, I got confused. Remember there's, that name. There's Long so bottom. many Dumbledores. Yeah, there's so many Dumbledores. Uh, so all of these, all of these, uh, these four people all get convicted. And yeah, he's by the way the only one pleading. The rest of them were like, yeah, we we did it. the Dark Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he comes back, he'll remember that we were yeah. on his side. Yeah. So like the the other and Crouch three, is like, you're no son of mine. Yeah, he just denounces him, and his wife is next to him sobbing, and it's like. Okay, don't you think, isn't it worth considering that these other three people aren't scared at all? They're just like, fuck you. Yes, I serve the Dark Lord. I'm not apologizing. I know where my loyalty stands. And your son's going, I didn't do it. Isn't that a little? I mean, that was was a heartbreaking, that was a heartbreaking thing. Yeah, especially knowing he died a year from that day in Azkaban. And then the mom died from a broken heart. I mean, can you imagine? So, and he, he's, Crouch Crouch killed his family. Yeah. So at then, but Dumbledore leans over to him in the dream and he's like, we need to get out of here. Yeah. He sees, he looks over, there's another Dumbledore there. He's like, I think it's time to get back to my office. So, so he <laughs> transports out into Dumbledore's office and Dumbledore's like, that's a pensive. Um, yeah. by the way, uh, it helps you see, uh, magic. It's a magical object that helps you store thoughts and memories basically. Yeah. 
So he basically can take his memories out and put them in this fucking jar so he can have an, a different objective look at them, which is interesting. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then uh, Harry's like, wait, was that Longbottom? Was that Neville? Were those Neville's parents? Oh, that's when he's like, oh, yeah. They mentioned Frank and Alice Longbottom. And Dumbledore explains what happened. He's like, yes, uh, Frank and Alice Longbottom were, you know, on our side and they were very big. Very, very, very popular with all good wizards. Yeah, and uh, somebody used, and this was after, by the way, the fall of Voldemort. Voldemort. Somebody used the Cruciatus curse. Curse, curse on them to torture them, and um, subsequently drove them crazy. Yeah. So Harry asks if they're dead, and Dumbledore tells him, "No, they're in Saint Mungo's, which is a hospital which has a ward for people who are Insane. have lost their minds." Uh, and he's like, "You know, Neville goes and visits them, but he, they don't recognize him. That's why he lives with his grandmother." And he makes Harry swear he's not going to tell anyone because, uh, you know, because it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a secret. But then, of course, Harry has all the symp- sympathy of like, he's known Neville for four years. And he never knew this. He never knew this. And now we know why when Moody was doing the Cruciatus curse in class. Yeah. That it fucked Neville oh, up so yeah. much. Like, oh, yeah. Because he's never seen that and he knows that's what happened to his parents. Oh, God. That is so, that just fucking Oh, that ruined me. That's why when we were reading oh. it on the live read, I almost cried because I knew it was why he was losing it. Oh, God, that hurts. It's heartbreaking to go like, that is what somebody did to my oh, mom and dad. Oh, now, oh, Neville. Now I just love Neville so much. I know. I, I mean, will never make, mark my words, I will never make fun of Neville again. I don't believe that for a second. But That's I probably like not true. Uh, Harry tells Dumbledore about his his thing with his forehead. Scar and the vision. Etc. And he's like, Dumb- um, Voldemort is definitely gaining power again. Yeah. Dumbledore believes that. Uh, and Harry's like, well, how can he do that? He doesn't even have a body. And and Dumbledore talks about, he's like, we've had all these disappearances. That yeah. was a thing that started happening when Dumbledore was in power last time because we've lost Bertha Jorkins, Mr. Crouch now. And then he mentions a, there's some muggle named Frank Bryce, but he got lost at the house of Voldemort's father. Where Which I remember. Up. I remember Which that. we all remember, I think, from the very first chapter. But Harry doesn't say anything. So I don't know if it's... I think it's more... Maybe he wasn't... I mean, if you're viewing a situation happening mm-hmm. and this man's getting up and going in here, unless someone says his name, maybe he did say his name. But I, there's so much to dreams. Do you remember everything? Yeah, from a, no, a vision no, no. Or, I mean, I just remember the things that I can text people about and be like, you were in my dream. I love all the weird shit. I love telling people when they were in my dream. It's one of my favorite things to do. Really? I just feel like I want them to know because I feel like maybe they'll have something to offer me as far as deciphering the dream. Oh, you think that because someone's in your dream, they're they're somehow connected to me, somehow connected to me. Like they might have something to tell me. I always think if I tell someone, unless they're a very close friend, they're in my dream, they're going to be like, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you thinking about me? I don't... It's like I'm subconsciously thinking about you. Yeah. Well, the I, answer is because you need to stop fucking looking at Instagram stories before you Right, go before to you get about it. And I, I know that's what it is. And I always cite that. I'm like, I probably, it's probably because I saw you on this thing before we went to bed. It is weird when you have someone who you know, but there's really no significance in your life. And you're like, why are you... Why are you... Yeah. Why are you a, f- a featured character yeah. in my dreams? It's always weird when you have like a sex dream about them too. You're like, oh God. Oh man. That is... It's very weird. Yeah. Let me Earl ask you this Skagel. about sex dreams. Oh. I don't know why I just brought up Earl. Because everyone's had a sex dream about yeah. Earl Skakel. Uh, including Earl Skakel. Um, do you have this happen with sex dreams? You have a sex dream about someone who previously 
you were never attracted to. Uh-huh. And after the yeah, sex totally. dream, you're like, huh. Oh, now I'm attracted to them f- a thousand percent. And you know what's fucked up? You're attracted to them because the sex dream was good. And God forbid, I've made this mistake a lot in the past. You actually fucked that person. What a letdown. Oh, nobody like, can live up to dream fucking. No, it's like, oh, that's crazy. When I dreamt about you two weeks ago, you knew how to eat pussy. And yet yeah, yeah, here yeah. we are. You were slaying the puss in my dream. And uh, right now you're basically just cleansing my vagina. I had a thing for a while when I was single where I started wondering if, if my clit was some sort of, not sorcerer's stone, but like, like a, a crystal that had powers like the book, The Secret, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if I masturbated to someone, 100%, I would have sex with them later. Like, you ever masturbate? I mean, I don't do this anymore, because I've started, well, first of all, because I, look, I can admit that, I don't know if this is psychotic, I masturbate thinking about my boyfriend. Is that weird? Anyway. Oh my God, that's so cute. Or I have to imagine that he dies in a horrible accident. Uh, and you make his death about you? <laughs> You're like, I'm going to get so much attention on social media. <laughs> I'm going to be a hero. No, I don't do that. But I feel like that's the natural. I am going to speak at his funeral. Oh, it's going to be the wittiest eulogy ever. I think it's a good sign that I still think about him in terms of sex dreams. But yeah. there were times where I'm, like, I'm, I'm attracted to this person I know. And I'd fucking fantasize about it, which probably a lot of people do. There shouldn't be anything wrong with it. But now as I'm saying, it, I'm like, feels creepy if it's someone, mm. you know, is that non-consensual? <laughs> but that's that's actually something uh, I tweeted once where I'm like, you know, I. My crush rejected me, but is it okay if I keep masturbating them? Because it feels like kind of rapey. Like, yeah. oh, you didn't want me, but now in my dream, I'm fucking you. In my dream, I'm just forcing myself upon you, sort of. Yeah, it's like, but <sighs> if in the dream they're into it, then are you really? The point is... The point is, this chapter ends with uh, Harry being like, what's the fucking deal with Snape? Really? Are you sure he's not a bad guy? He's like, come on. And, he, and Dumbledore's, you know? Dumbledore's like, just fucking trust me. And Harry's like, tell me. And he's like, no, that's between me and Snape. So it's like, all right, fuck, fucking, that's the final you, verdict. But like, fucking, yeah. and that's it. And that's actually, uh, that's how it ends. And we'll be right back. All right, here we go. Chapter 31. The third task. Let's just dig into it. Of course, chapter starts off, Harry, Ron, Hermione, catching up, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Harry's still learning spells and whatnot for the third task. Yeah. At some point, they see Malfoy. He's got something in his hand. Writing letters to Sirius, blah, blah, blah. All of the, I want to get to the- You don't ruin this because you want to work out. No, no, no. I want to pause and read No, no. I want to get to the third task because there's so much fucking cool shit in the third task. But it's all important. You can't go blah, blah, blah. But it's like- It's a review podcast. We got to talk about the little things. All the little things uh, add up. uh, Nicole. But it's like the third task is so fun. I know. They go in at the same time and then the next one goes in and then the next one goes in and then they're going around. It's so good. I know, but you can't just be like, Malvoy talks in his hand, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's a huge thing. Okay, well, I don't know that it's a huge thing. It doesn't seem that consequential. I mean, it may not be, but like it... It could be. Rita Skeeter's been a thing this whole time. They see Malfoy standing next to the... Talking in his hand in the woods. It's mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. And it gives Hermione a revelation, doesn't it? No, that comes later. I don't even know where you jump to now. Um. Oh, there's an article in the Daily Prophet where Rita Skeeter paints Harry as this dangerous... Disturbed and dangerous. Disturbed and dangerous person. Which Harry kind of like rolls his eyes about it, but she's like, oh, he's a parcel mouth. And there's quotes from Draco Malfoy, which is weird. And it's just this whole, oh yeah, you know, he, we think he was stunning people in our second year and blah, blah, blah. And 
there's just a lot of hearsay about his parcel mouth and also that he's somehow connected to Voldemort. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone knows about the scar and the connection, but she's like, there must be something more. Yes, and it's while reading the this article that that's when Hermione has a revelation of, oh my God, I think I know what how she's doing it. No explanation. Wait, and what does she do? Classic Hermione. Runs, runs, to off to, runs off to the library. Yeah, absolutely. And then Professor McGonagall comes to get Harry. This is a part you're going to skip. And this is a very important okay. part. I can't believe you're going to skip this. All of the champions. I wasn't going to skip that, by the way. I thought that was a very tender, loving part. I love this part. All of the champions are meeting with their families. So, of course, Harry's like, what are the Dursleys here? I'm very, I'm very doubtful they're here. And I had a moment where I was like, oh, what if, what if Sirius like shape shifts into something? And yeah, but that would be too. That would be too much. But I was just like, oh, he doesn't have his godfather. He's he doesn't gonna, have a family. I'm like, he's, he's just gonna walk in there. There's gonna be nobody. It was like, oh, I was so sad. And then he gets in there, and Mrs. Weasley and Bill Weasley are in there. I and that just my fucking heart. Yeah, and by the way. Uh, very small side note. Fleur is checking out Bill Weasley. Yeah. She's like, who is this guy with the fucking tooth earrings and the long hair? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Hot. Give me some of that wheezy dick. Cedric's dad, Amos, is there. Classic Friday Night Lights, Tim McGraw yeah. football. Oh, He's a Good dick. call. Such a dick. Friday Night Lights, dick to the other player. Just like, oh, he thinks Harry's stealing all the credit because yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you know, Cedric beat you once before. And of course, Cedric's like, I'm so sorry. Like, it's not it's not Harry's fault he got his name drawn out of the fucking goblet of fire. Yeah. Cedric's embarrassed, but his dad's just a fucking bro dad, you know? And you know what I'm also thinking now that we're talking about it? I feel like knowing what happens in the next chapter, I feel like the dad might have some beef with Harry in the future. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. For sure. All right. Um. Yeah, so there's a big feast, but Harry doesn't eat a lot because fucking he's, he's nervous. nervous. And it's like me going on a first date. I don't want to eat a lot because I don't want to be too full to fuck. That's crazy. I eat a lot. So I don't eat a lot in front of the person. Um, Wait, no, no, no. But like when you're on the date. Yeah. Oh, before the date. You know what? Never mind. Keep going. I just don't like to eat a lot. Makes me farty and bloated. And then we can't, you know, get real freaky. Because I might shit on your dick. I feel like you might do that anyway. Yeah, true, true, true. It's also like to circle back to what are you dating for? Is it to have sex once and never see someone again? This person needs to know that you have a shitting and farting thing. Yeah. I say lay it out on the table. I mean, I, I let everybody know early that I have IBS. You're the bravest person I know. Yeah. That you have such severe IBS and still do anal is yeah. astounding to me. Brave. I don't do anal and my bowels are relatively okay most of the time. That's not true. Uh, I just... I just saw the smack you laid down in there. Yeah, it was brutal. Anyway, Harry and Cedric, they're in first place, so they get to enter the maze first. What's cool about the maze, I think, is this crowd is cheering and crazy. As soon as you enter the maze. You can't hear it. You can't You're hear just it. in this like weird, isolated world. So they so Cedric and Harry enter. They run down the first fork in the maze, they're like, I'll see you later. And then they hear a uh is it a bell? Is it a horn? Oh, they hear the whistle again. The whistle again. That means Cedric's coming in. That oh no, it means Victor's I mean coming. Victor. Yeah, and then they so. hear another one 30 seconds later. That means Fleur's coming in. So now all of the champions are in. Yeah. And so Harry's off doing his thing. He's got this cool spell Hermione taught him to conjure up a compass. Yeah. Because he knows that the cup is in the Northwest quadrant. Quadrant. So he keeps pulling out a thing yeah. and figuring out where Northwest is. His, Great idea. His path for a long time was relatively easy. Yeah. Like almost too he's, easy. Yeah. He's like freaked out about how easy it is. Yeah. It's just fucking creepy he runs into cedric again who's like oh shit 
Uh, Cedric. Black- oh yeah, Cedric. Had, it was a little fucked up by a by Blasted a screw. Yeah. So he's uh, just sleeves of his robe on fire type of thing, and he was like, he was like, they're fucking huge. Yeah. Holy fuck. Watch Hagrid out. grew the biggest blast-ended scroots. And it's like, was Hagrid growing these for the tournament? Or was Hagrid just doing this because he's Hagrid and then he's like, well, I guess we found a use for him because this tournament. I mean, it's whatever he did, he made monsters. Yeah. So anyway, they split up again. Harry runs off and runs into a Dementor. Yeah. And he's like, I know what I've got to do. He imagined himself. Happiest moment he could think of, winning. And he's like, expecto patronum. And then... It turns out to be a bogger. So he ridiculous. Oh, by the way, when he did expect Opatronum, I was so excited. That's stag. Uh, he can do it now. I mean, he went through so much in the last book that with the Dementors and now knowing he can just confidently be like, no bitch. Just, bye bitch. You find that happy thought and you fling it out of your fricking wand. Yeah. And he's like, all right, that's down time to keep going. And then he hears a scream. It's a woman screaming. And he, he thinks is, it's Fleur. And he's, he's like, like, oh, shit, is she in trouble? He's like, I hope she's all right. And then he's like, but also if she's not. Well, not in the tournament anymore. Down. Uh, which. One last thing to worry about. Shitty thought, but would most of us have it in a situation like that? Absolutely. Probably. Probably would be my first thought. Yeah, and you're not thinking. And then my she- second thought is, is she okay? I mean, yeah. And then, you're. I mean, obviously most people are like, I, not like I hope she's dead. It's just like I hope she had to send up those red things and she's yeah. disqualified. Because that's what they say, by the way, at the beginning. They have McGonagall and a couple other people circling the maze. Mm-hmm. And if you get into trouble, send a red flare up. S- you send up a red flare out of your wand and then you're disqualified from the maze. Yeah. But, but they'll they come, come and get you. And save you. So that way, you know, preventing fucking imminent death, I guess. Um, and then... Harry runs into a blasted its group and he's shooting stun spells at it, but they're bouncing off because it's an armored animal. It's like an armadillo, but he manages to get underneath. He finds it. a soft spot. Yeah. <laughs> Screw down. I just spit all over Scroot my. Down. Scroot. Scroot down. Scroot down. Scroot down. Scroot down. Scroot down. Ah. And then as he's walking through the bushes, he overhears. What the hell are you doing? Cedric. And then he hears Victor Crumb's voice cast the Cruciatus curse. Crucio. Oh, and I love I love this part because the whole time I'm thinking, why don't they just burrow through the walls of the maze? So Harry actually burrows through the he wall. He burns of the a maze hole through the wall with his to wand. get to Cedric. Yeah, and he stuns Victor, and it's like, what the fuck? He's so he sends. First of all, he sends up red sparks from mm-hmm. Victor's wand. He's like, you're stunned. They'll come to get you. But it's like, what? Why would Victor want this so badly that he would do an unforgivable curse? That's crazy. I think theory. I think whoever was in cahoots. Whoever's in, whoever is in cahoots with Voldemort, whoever put Harry's name into the uh, Goblet of Fire, I think that person might be controlling Victor. Victor, like doing the whatever yeah. that curse. Because I don't think Victor would have done that. Huh? Really? Yeah. From Durmstrang? Yeah. Interesting. I don't see him as like. I don't think he was like a double agent. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Yeah, it's all just a clusterfuck, but what's interesting to me is it doesn't say that Harry did a counter curse. Yeah. Do you have to maintain the Cruciatus curse? Is it a thing where you have to hold the wand and keep torturing them? I guess so. Yeah. Because it's not, as we know with now with Neville's parents, Mm -hmm. it doesn't kill you. It just makes you go fucking insane. It just insane. puts you in so much pain. But I guess if you hold someone on it for a long yeah, time. The pain drives you crazy. Cedric's okay. He's sh- definitely shaken. But, you know, Harry helps him up and they're both off again. So now yeah. it's kind of like, oh, it's just me versus Cedric at this point. 
Anyway, Harry's off, and then he runs into a sphinx, which has the head of a woman, a head of a woman, and a body of a lion. Yeah. I didn't know about a sphinx, but I guess when I think about the Egyptian sphinx, sphinx like, that's what it looks like. But uh, yeah, I'm not, but I'm not remembering like a woman's face per se. No, but I guess maybe, you know, whoever did the art on that big sphinx is just, you know, arguably Mona Lisa's uh, androgynous. Yeah, very androgynous. So she, he has to do a riddle. Here's the thing: she's like. I have a riddle for you. If you get it right, you can pass. This is the quickest way to the cup. Honestly. If you get it wrong, I'm going to attack you. But you could also say nothing, and then you could just walk away and take another route. So he does this riddle. And gets the riddle, by the way. He figures it out. I could never figure. I can't even remember what it was. It was like, the the answer ended up being a spider. Yeah. Well, it was uh, someone who who lies for a living and is constantly, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a spy. The spy. answer was the answer was a spy for that. It's the middle of middle and end of end. That's D. Uh-huh. And a sound you make when you're trying to think of word, uh, think of the right word. And Harry uh, always goes er. Uh. So I got it pretty quickly, but then I was like, this is actually probably just because you've read the book before. Yeah. In my head, I was like, I know what it is. And then I was like, I've I've read this before. Yeah. I'm also not a riddle person, so I was like, well, I'd be fucking dead. Yeah. Harry was worried too, but he gets past and he's like, oh fuck, it's happening. He approaches the Triwizard Cup, but Cedric is on the path in front of him. So it's just like, oh shit, Cedric's about to beat me. They're sprinting. Cedric's ahead of him, and Harry sees something coming out of a bush on the left that Cedric doesn't see because he's fucking hauling ass. And, ha- and Harry's like, on your left. And, and he like, saves Cedric, basically. Well, yeah, there's a giant spider coming out at Cedric. Oh, and they, between the two of them shooting stun spells and stuff at it, they managed to bring it down. Yeah. Uh, it had actually grabbed Harry. And, and fucked up Harry's leg. Yeah, well, this is how his leg got fucked up. It's not because of the way the spider grabbed him. He gets grabbed by this giant, we're talking fucking... Huge spider. That spider from the woods. Yeah, from the, forest. the big ass spider. Yeah, so he lifts him up, and Harry, panicking, not knowing what to do, does Expelliarmus, which mm-hmm. is how to dewan someone. And the, the, the spider, spider lets him go. expels Harry, and he's like 12 feet in the air, so yeah. fucking crunch. His legs fucked up. Okay, wait, really quick. Would I called I I called this ending. Oh, I was gonna say this. For those of you who aren't patrons, just so you know, when we started the chapter, she was like, I'm calling it now. Harry and Cedric are gonna win together. But she said, Cedric's gonna get injured, but Harry's gonna be a hero and help him to the thing. I wanna know what led you to that. I don't know. Just was it other was it because other it, movies you've seen? Was it, it has to be. It had to have been something where one of them was in the lead, and then, uh, you know, Cedric. I I imagine Cedric in the lead got hurt, and Harry's like, "Well, you would have gotten to it. Let me let me carry you." You thought that Harry would go. You would have gotten to it if you didn't get injured in this course that's designed for us to get injured. Yes, yes. I feel like Harry wouldn't have taken it no matter what. You think Harry's that noble? Yes, I think Harry's that noble. Um. So I was like, the only reason Cedric wouldn't have made it is if Cedric got injured. So you thought it's going to be this big, beautiful, they both touch the cup, yeah. mm-hmm. both Hogwarts champions, mm-hmm. split the gold. Mm-hmm. Well, in a way, you were right. So Harry's yes! badly injured, and they're in this sort of British polite off of like, Harry's like, go, take it. No, you. You no, know, you. At, least, at least it's a Hogwarts victory. Yeah, and Cedric's like, no, 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 you help me repeatedly. And then Harry's like, we'll take it at the same time. So... Cedric helps him up, and it's this very beautiful, noble Cedric and Harry walking to the cup, and they grab the handle at the same time, and immediately they're, like, pulled in this... It's like a wind of swirling color. They're being pulled somewhere. And this is the end of the chapter where, in the live reading, Nicole goes, Yay! 
that's where we end this chapter was with Nicole. I was very excited. This was going to be great. I thought beautiful things are coming ahead. And she's like, I did it. I was right. I'm always right. And then all is well. And then this happens. Chapter 32, flesh, blood, and bone. Let me just say again. That last chapter was so satiating. Number one, because I was right. Number two, because it had everything I wanted. It had every character. See, you're seeing new sides of every character. You're seeing, you know, the wizardry in action. You're seeing what they're fucking made of. You're finally seeing Harry just drop his big old wizard dick. It's like this kid isn't just good at Quidditch. He's good at fucking everything because Harry's a fucking G. Or did they keep the course Semi-light. Like I don't know. I don't know if, I now, don't know if that's light by wizard standards. Well, because there was so much that Harry was like, it's weird that I have seen. I mean, he definitely ran into things, but it was like, were they shorthanded on creatures to pop out of yeah. him? Or was it like all planned for him to get through quicker? Yeah. And also, do, does he somehow have more confidence after the second task where Ron was like, I mean, you they weren't actually going to let us die. Yeah. Like you didn't think that. And he felt stupid. So now yeah. is he like, all right, well, no, they're not going to let us die. Anyway, on that note, they land with a thump. Harry falls over his legs, fucking injured. Harry and Cedric are in this like deserted nighttime, spooky graveyard situation. Nobody knows what's going on. And they're thinking, apparently the triwizard cup was like a porky. Yeah. Is this part of the, the Triwizard maze? Tournament? Like, yeah. Is this a thing we have to get through? So they're like, let's get our wands out. Yeah, Cedric says it, and Harry's like, thank God he said it, because I didn't want to look like a pussy. But, and then all of a sudden, there's a hooded figure approaching both of them. And Harry's scar explodes with pain, like worse than we've ever the, heard. It's it. like, it's like the, the radar's blowing up. Yeah, he like clinches his eyes shut, and like, re- like he's, un- he wretches. It's like, like yeah. he's falling over. It's and- like somebody put the Cruciatus curse on him. That's how much pain he's in. So he's just like severe debilitating pain and he hears a voice say kill the spare and then a killing curse the bright green he hears someone go avada kedavra and the bright green that harry knows from his parents death Uh blasts past him and then he hears a thud yeah and he's so afraid to open his eyes he opens his eyes and cedric is dead lying dead on the ground what oh my god fuck his dad is gonna hate harry forever cho is gonna be mad at harry Everyone's Everyone's going to think Harry did it. Everybody's going to be devastated. Harry, everybody's going to think Harry threw him under the bus to do it because Rita Skeeter painted this horrible image of him. I love that your brain goes to, oh my God, everyone's going to think so poorly of Harry when we don't even know if Harry can get out of this situation. You know what? He'll get out of this situation. There's more books. Maybe he turns evil. Did you ever consider that? All I know is the school year is going to look the real next book is weird. The Order of the Phoenix. The so. school year is going to look really weird next year. Not only that, but someone who's a you know had, has been becoming a friend just fucking died in front of him. So yeah. trauma. Uh, he-, he is going to have to do so ed- so much EDMR for this trauma. Oh God, brain spotting. Uh, today in therapy. Every anyway. time you say brain spotting, I think of train spotting, and that movie is. Fucked up. I think of the name Trim Spotting, and I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I yeah. just think it's about heroin or something. It is. I think I think heroin is an element in it, but yes. Yeah. Apparently, brain up. spotting was invented from EMDR. Mm-hmm. It's a new therapy that my therapist has brought up that we may be trying. That's I mean, if you throw enough shit at the wall, it might fix your brain. I mean, I've been throwing shit and throwing shit. You saw that stack of self-help books that I threw at you. Yeah, you're not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be better. 
So anyways, he opens his eyes. That's happened. And a hooded figure grabs Harry and starts pulling him over to a tombstone. And then ties him to the tombstone. By the way, he sees the tombstone, says Tom Riddle. And then he sees under the hood, and it's fucking Wormtail. Wormtail. Oh, no, no, no. He sees a hand missing a finger, and he's like, well, that's Wormtail. Yeah, he figures out who it is. Yeah. Um, between that. And Wormtail's, like, being so fucking weird. Like, weirder than he's ever been. I mean, he's... Just... By the way, in my head, I'm also thinking, um, you know, everything about uh, that Dumbledore had said about, like, well, now Wormtail kind of owes you. Yeah, no. I'm it's... like, oh, he'll be fine. Harry's going to be fine. You think he's going to be fine? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I, Wormtail at the last minute is going to snap and have like a revelation that like, Wormtail, oh, he should have. this fucking yeah. coward. Yes, yes, yes. At, at some he point. He lived as a rat. Oh, that, I don't know. Might have a breakthrough. I'm, I'm being hopeful. I'm being hopeful. You think between Harry and Lord Voldemort, he's going to go, this is the right choice to save my ass. Just let Wormtail? me have, let me have a little bit of hope. It creates a bit of suspension for, suspension, suspense for this. Okay. What you have ha- hope that a human rat is going to become a better person. Yes, because I think at some point the loyalty to the greatest wizard ever, who is Harry, not Voldemort, is going to supersede his loyalty to Voldemort. Let's keep going. And that Harry will be strong enough and in a position to help I don't him. fucking know, but anywho. So that Harry is- sees this like wriggling thing that looks like a baby like swaddled in a bundle. Yeah. it's And it's not a baby. Yeah, it's... It comes out and it's this gross, like hair. It's described as a hairless and scaly looking, a dark, raw, reddish black. Its arms and legs were thin and feeble and its face, no child alive ever had a face like that, flat and snake-like with gleaming red eyes. It's fucking gross. Wormtail has pulled up this giant vat, this a huge Oh, he cauldron. makes a huge cauldron, lights a fire underneath and it. It's getting hot super fast. Yeah, and Harry's like, I've never seen a cauldron that big. A whole man could go in there. What the fuck? And what's going in there? A whole man. Yeah, and Wormtail lowers this fucking creature into it. Yeah, and Harry is sitting there just like, please the drown, please drown, please wrong. drown, please don't. Let him fuck this up. Wormtail begins a spell. He throws some. Also, by the, the way, I'm also thinking too. Oh, Wormtail's gonna fuck this up. Wormtail, no, he fucks things up. How's Wormtail gonna get so this right? That's a worthwhile consideration. Yeah. That like, oh, maybe he'll just fudge it up. He seems to have been making mistakes left yeah. and right. Uh, but he goes bone of the father, unknowingly given. Uh, Wormtail cuts off his own arm. Fucking arm. He, he says, cuts he, off his arm. For this, he goes, flesh of the servant will willingly given. You will revive your master. He's obviously fucking terrified. He's lost his goddamn Yeah. Body. And sorry for that. Sorry. Um, yeah, he, Harry doesn't look. He just hears him and it's, he saws off his fucking arm and drops for it. For this fucking guy. The whole arm. The whole first the finger a few years ago. Now just the whole goddamn arm. He is like the giving tree for evil people. Oh, uh, what next? Oh, what what an analogy! Just oh, just take everything. No, please have my body, my soul. And then he says for the last ingredient, but blood of the enemy forcibly taken, and that blood, of course, Harry Potter's. Yeah. He uses a dagger to cut the inside of Harry's arm. So fucking painful. Takes a vial, scoops up some blood, and drips it in. Drips it into the cauldron. And then the cauldron turns Now the white. recipe's complete. Surge of white steam. There's billows everywhere. And then, I mean, out of that, we see a resurrected... Fucking Voldemort. Voldemort is back. Skeletal thin Voldemort. This is where we stopped our live reading. So this is a short chapter review, but like, let's examine this for just a little bit. Because so much has happened. We just did the live reading for this last night. How do you feel about we closed on... Hey! 
And he's officially back. I have no idea where this is going to go. I also have, now that he's back, the entire dynamics of the wizard world are going to be changed. What is school going to look like? Is everybody going to be living in fear every day? Are we going to even be at school anymore? Does school even matter now that Voldemort's back? Do you just go on continuing with the world? It's like Saddam Hussein or, or Osama bin Laden came back and it's like, how do we just go about our way again? Yeah, no, it's fucking crazy. And also right now, he is in a graveyard somewhere. Nobody, does anyone even know where he is? No, I he, hope Dumbledore does. I hope so. But it's like, if he ha- if that was a port key, the port key's gone. The port key comes with you. Yeah. So, so nobody can port key to where you are. Unless you know where they are. You can't apparate there. Yeah. You can't apparate, disapparate on the Hogwarts grounds anyway. Fuck. So he's fucking trapped facing Voldemort, tied to a goddamn fucking grave. Tom Riddle's fucking grave. Tied to Tom Riddle's grave. Voldemort is resurrected right in front of him. Wormtail's got no fucking arm. Cedric is dead. That guy's going to die of an infection or just bleed out. I mean... Wormtail's done. If Wormtail doesn't die after this, I'll know magic is real. Do you think now, with Wormtail with an arm cut off, you still think that he is going to switch? I think he's under under the... uh, What's the... It's Imperious Curse, yeah. Where you can control them? Mm -hmm. I feel like if you were... Either he's... Almost okay at fighting it if he's under the Imperius Curse mm-hmm. or he's not under the Imperius Curse. The, the reason I wouldn't think he's under the Imperius Curse is because we know from overhearing McGonagall and professors talk about James and all these guys in their youth that Pettigrew was sort of like a weak wizard, mm-hmm. a hanger-on. So I wouldn't imagine him being able to a- actively fight that okay. curse. And if you were under the curse... I don't think you'd be as nervous as he is. So here, I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction. All right. Here's our prediction before the last chapter, before the final readings and final episode on the books. At some point, Wormtail is going to come to his senses and help Harry get away. Yeah. So Voldemort will still be in action, but Wormtail is going to be like, Oh, what have I done? This guy just, he saved my life. Now I need to save his life. So you think in some way, yeah. Voldemort, I mean, Wormtail is going to step in and get Harry out of this yeah. situation. Yes. That's, right. that's the only thing I can think of. I cannot fathom where this is fucking headed. That is probably the only... Somehow Dumbledore knows where he is. I don't know. And as someone who up to this point has prided themselves on thinking that they've got J.K. Rowling's formula mm-hmm. locked down, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? Are you like, oh, she fucking got me. I've been got. Or are you like, I'm still... Uh, you feel, you I knew I knew sure. this Voldemort resurrection was going to happen at some point. I just didn't think it was going to happen this fucking soon. Yeah. Like, I thought it was like, maybe the next book. Interesting. Maybe the next book. Very interesting. Like, in the fourth book, the fourth book of seven, Voldemort comes, be- comes, to, comes into the picture. Yeah. Voldemort's got to make it to the end. What, are they going to be fighting Voldemort for three books? I mean, do you remember? Voldemort wasn't in power for a week last time. <laughs> He was in power for a long time. But I can't even fathom this. This is crazy. All right, you guys. Well, let us know what what you think of this episode. Head over, follow us on, what the fuck? All the social media. Instagram, Twitter, at Two Filthy Nerds. We also have a Facebook page. Trying to post more shit there as well. We have a Facebook group, Fellowship of the Filthy Nerds. And No spoilers. Please don't post spoilers. Yeah, I moderate it, but so does Nicole technically. So try not to post spoilers. And just don't write to me about shit. Yeah, you can write to me about shit. And if you want more action from us, you want to be part of our live readings, our... Our live readings are a lot of fun. Yeah. I get I get pretty insane. Yeah, and we've started with the lighter chapters. Uh, 
doing fun accents for all the characters yeah. instead of just the regular British. And you get to see Nicole lose her shit in real time yeah. when you're like, dragons! Oh my god, Cedric's dead! Oh my god. So, patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. Support us. Be part of the fun. And, uh... Oh, and visit our YouTube. Yeah, come see We've us. We've got videos. We made a whole... We're in a Ravenclaw, co- Ravenclaw common room. Yeah. Come check it out. We got a backdrop. We got throw pillows. We got blankets. We got a fucking owl. We have an owl. We have a real owl. We have a live owl. And nobody is subscribing to our YouTube. Ugh. Anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>